Welcome to the latest episode of the Edgar Rice Burroughs mini podcast. These short podcasts are meant to supplement the full-length episodes that I do with Scott Stewart and Jess Terrell, in which we generally talk about one of Edgar Rice Burroughs books in detail. My name is Tim DeForest. I'm the author of several books about what I call pre-digital pop culture, things like the pulp magazines that Burroughs was published in, old-time radio, classic comic books, old uh, B-movies, and so on. And I keep a blog about such things at comics, old-time radio, and other cool stuff. Right now, we are using the mini-podcast to do a chapter-by-chapter analysis of the 1912 novel A Princess of Mars. Today, we'll be talking about chapter 9 and 10 together. Please note that I will be including spoilers both for this book and occasionally for later books in the series. I would also recommend that you reread these chapters before listening to the podcast, as I am assuming that you're familiar with the events we are discussing. Now, I want to discuss the events of these chapters out of their chronological order, because I'd like to start with comments about the three rather eloquent speeches we hear, Sola's speech in Chapter 9 and the speeches of Dejah Thoris and John Carter in Chapter 10. In each case, these speeches add to our understanding of the characters and lead us to believe that they would be able to work together and remain loyal to one another. Sola's condemnation of the Tharks' brutal and broken culture emphasizes her compassion and her longing for a better life. Dejah Thoris's call on the Tharks to set aside their violence against the Redmen and work to help Mars a better place speaks to her courage and her own compassion as she pleads for an entire planet rather than pleading for her life. John Carter's speech reemphasizes his own courage and his sense of personal honor that lets you know he will stand by Deja and protect her no matter what. All three speeches are magnificent examples of skilled rhetoric and give us evidence of Burroughs' skill as a superb storyteller. And we start getting real insight into Tars Tarkas' character when John Carter notices how the big green guy was affected by Deja's speech. This foreshadows his future character arc. Now, Angela, uh, who had earlier uh, uh, come up with an analogy analogy between uh, the Tharks and the Apaches, finds another uh, Native American analogy in this chapter. When Tars Tarkas and uh, Lorcas Tomel, the leaders of this uh, tribe of the Tharks, uh, looked like they were going to be swayed by Dejah Thoris' speech, one of the younger Tharks stepped forward and hit her, and that you know, set off the Tharks' vicious sense of humor and spoiled the moment. It reminded Angela of the tendency of younger Native American warriors to refuse to try and treat with the whites that were encro- encroaching on their territory. Older and wiser chiefs might have had right on their side and wanting to defend their territory and their way of life, but they knew they couldn't win and were willing to negotiate and make compromises. Uh, but younger warriors often refuse to listen to this, refuse to accept the wisdom of the, those older than them and wiser than them, and would go off to fight hopeless battles. And there is some remin- uh, there is a, a reminder of that in the younger Thark batting aside Dejah Thoris and spoiling any chance of the uh, Thark leaders uh, listening to what she had to say. Now, there's some important world building in Chapter Ten. Most important is that learning that the humans on Mars, or Barsoom as I should be calling it, have an advanced civilization and are working to maintain the atmosphere and the water on the dying planet. We also learn some more points about Thark culture 
when John Carter is given the weapons and the accoutrements of the two Tharks he has killed and is now provisionally a chief of the tribe. That's why he's given relative freedom within the Thark camp. We also learned a key part of the Martian fighting code, that if anyone attacks you, you can't pull out a more powerful weapon, but have to meet him on equal terms. On Barsoom, you simply aren't allowed to bring a gun to a knife fight. John Carter's brief conversation with Dejah Thoris starts to let her know that he's not some sort of renegade, uh, though there will be a bump or two in the relationship yet to come. So chapter 10 ends with John Carter's loyalty and bravery having, give, having given him a cadre of loyal friends, Willa and Sola, who just might be able to help him rescue Dejah Thoris. That's it for now. Once again, my name is Tim DeForest. Please visit my blog at Comics Old Time Radio and other cool stuff. You'll also be able to find links to my Amazon.com author page there. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with another uh, mini podcast soon. And keep an ear out also for our full-length episodes.